In today's Vet Girl podcast, we're going to be talking to Dr. Shelby Reinstein. Dr. Reinstein is a board-certified ophthalmologist practicing at the Veterinary Specialty and Emergency Center and our Vet Girl ophthalmologist. And of course, we don't know a lot about eyes. Personally, I got three days of ophthalmology during my veterinary school training, so what do I know? But certainly, we see lots of eye cases in practice, and we're super excited to have Dr. Reinstein here with us today. Hey guys, super excited to be here. One of the issues that I see all of the time in the ER, and I'm sure you guys see in general practice as well, is that sneezing, runny nose, ocular discharge, maybe even ulcerated eye cat. And I think to myself, that's probably viral. Could it be bacterial? And eventually what it comes down to is not the type that you get in Las Vegas, but it's probably herpes. Am I right, people? So... The gift that keeps on giving herpes is not only the thing that you catch in Vegas, but something our little cats get as well. So we're here today to have Dr. Reinstein talk a little bit about management of herpes and very specifically herpes ocular issues that we see in our cats. So Dr. Reinstein, tell me a little bit about the presentation, information, clinical signs, cool things that we should know about feline herpes. So this is pretty challenging to do in a short period of time, but I will do my best. As you guys know, herpes is an extremely common cause of upper respiratory tract disease in cats, but it is absolutely hands down the most common cause of eye surface disease. So things like conjunctivitis and corneal ulcers. Kittens suffer from a different sort of symptoms than adult cats, and I think that's important to recognize. Kittens, when they first get infected with the virus, so the so-called initial exposure, these are very sick guys. So they've got not only a significant respiratory component, but they're going to have fever, decreased appetite, and these kittens can absolutely become infected with a bacterial infection secondarily, which is going to confound their, uh, their level of disease. If you contrast that to adult cats, however, they generally have a more mild form of the disease especially with regards to the respiratory symptoms. I will see plenty of cats who have absolutely no sneezing or coughing, uh, but who have ocular disease attributable to herpes. This can be something as mild as a little bit of squinting and a mild conjunctivitis to very severe corneal ulceration, corneal sequestrum formation, and again, secondary bacterial infection. Awesome information. So I get these kittens and adult cats all the time that come into the hospital with that runny nose, sneezing, ocular discharge. The question that I have is, how should I treat them? Is there a difference in what you put them on? For example, antibiotics versus lysine versus antivirals. What's the current thought out there for treatment? So I guess that's the most important question that I get routinely from general practitioners is, who do I exactly have to go on and and treat And what do I treat those cats with? Hands down, the most effective drug for the treatment of herpes virus is an oral antiviral called famcyclovir. I think we have to ask ourselves, who do we treat, not just what do we have? In general, my thoughts are any kitten who is sick with upper respiratory and ocular symptoms should be treated with famcyclovir. In addition, adult cats that have a significant conjunctivitis or really any type of corneal ulceration will benefit greatly from antiviral therapy. 
It's important to recognize that as compared to the older systemic antiviral medications, famcyclovir is quite safe and very effective in cats. Dr. Dave Maggs and his colleagues at UC Davis have been the ones investigating this antiviral drug for several years, and they're really trying to elucidate what the most appropriate dose and frequency of this drug is. And this task has unfortunately proven to be very challenging. What it boils down to is famcyclovir has a super complex metabolism in the cat. And there are a lot of metabolites that are also being effective against the virus. So it's become quite hard to say exactly what dose to give. But at this time, the current recommended dose is somewhere between 40, 40, and 90, 90 milligrams per kilogram by mouth twice daily. It's going to vary if you're treating just some conjunctivitis, you could likely use a lower dose versus if you're using it to treat a very severe corneal ulcer. So there is thankfully quite a bit of wiggle room, but the older commonly used doses of, for example, 62.5 per cat, that's not going to be effective. So just to clarify, because I had heard about using the drug once a day for 21 days. Now you're saying it should be used twice daily for 21 days? Yes, I think in general what we have realized is that the previously fairly commonly used doses of famcyclovir simply don't reach concentrations of the drugs or the metabolites that we need them to be at when we use once daily or, or sort of the lower 15 milligrams per kilogram style dosing. As I mentioned, there's a pretty wide range and it's going to depend on what tissue, what your target tissue is, sort of cornea versus surface like conjunctiva. But in general, we do feel that twice daily dosing and for a 21 day period is sort of the gold standard to start off with. Awesome information. I guess that leaves me with one question here. What do we do with lysine? There's a ton of information and a ton of belief out there that lysine was that specific targeted medication that we should use for our herpes cats. Do you still use lysine? That's absolutely correct, Garrett. I think that lysine supplementation for feline herpes virus is absolutely one of the oldest and most commonly used therapies. But recently, this got a sort of a, a lot of recognition. There was an article published by a scientist named Bull that reviewed all the available literature, sort of looking at what lysine supplementation does for these herpetic cats. And the author concluded that there was no benefit to lysine and boldly recommended, quote, an immediate stop of lysine supplementation because of the complete lack of scientific evidence for its efficacy. This was pretty shocking, and, and while I do applaud the authors for their thorough work, this article went viral and shocked a lot of people. And I think it's pretty safe to say that the blanket recommendation to stop all lysine supplementation is a bit daring, which is really not what scientists are generally known for. So I think it's important to recognize that the clinical studies that Bull reviewed in this publication were all performed on either experimentally infected cats or shelter cats. And the sample sizes were really low. If you look at these studies, some of them were four cats or a group of six cats kept in a shelter environment. So unfortunately, there are no studies looking at lysine supplementation for client-owned cats, and that's really the population we're treating. So again, Dr. Mags at Davis and myself both feel that there are clearly some cats who respond well to lysine supplementation, despite what all of the literature says. 
overall, a good take-home point is that herpes is a very complex and very frustrating condition. And, you know, if some owners perceive that their cat benefits from daily lysine supplementation, I'm not going to be the one to tell them to stop. It should be recognized, however, that lysine is not really a sole therapy when you have active disease attributable to herpes. That's when you need to reach for famcyclovir. I also don't think every cat will benefit from lysine, but I think it'll be beneficial in some cats, and given that it's available in so many different forms, powders, foams, gels, and even really yummy treats, Optics Care, the Eventix company makes um, very yummy, squishy, quite stinky lysine chews that most cats love. That's great information because as a non-ophthalmologist and certainly somebody that doesn't have the similar training you have, you tend to hear and see what a lot of people are doing. And the old rationale was any herpes cat should get lysine. So what it sounds like is while we're not going to take away the use of lysine, and it sounds like something potentially benign to do, what we understand is that it's not going to be the perfect solution for this. And we know that there are better solutions out there from what I'm gathering. Yes, exactly. I think if I would give you guys a couple of take-home messages, it's to remember that while things like Clavamox drops or erythromycin ointment um, are generally indicated in these sick kittens and cats to treat or prevent secondary bacterial infection, I think we all oftentimes need to remember that that is secondary to a viral disease. And clearly, the cat needs some help fighting off that virus and reaching for famcyclovir as sort of a mainstay therapeutic is going to give these cats a much shorter disease period. And I think you'd be pretty happy with the outcome. For those of our vet girl listeners out there that are not that familiar with famcyclovir, is this a product that is very easy to get? And if so, are there normal milligram sized tablets that they should be looking for? So thankfully, famcyclovir is commercially available, and I believe it comes in 125, 250, and 500 milligram tablets. So thankfully, it is commercially available. However, some of the larger pill sizes can be a bit costly. I think it depends. We stock this medication in our hospital because obviously I use it in my practice on a daily basis. But for general practitioners who might be writing a prescription for the clients to take elsewhere, I would encourage those clients to call around and price check. You'd be pretty surprised there's a difference between sort of your larger pharmacies. Doing a little investigation can usually save some money. I would say that on average at my hospital, a 21-day course for your average sort of seven-pound cat is going to be somewhere around $70 to $80. Again, like most things in veterinary medicine, it's not the availability of the product that is generally challenging. It's actually getting it into the cat. And I think that unfortunately, that's where I run into the majority of compliance issues is that these are tablets and they're human tablets. So they are not what I would consider to be the smallest medication. Some people have extreme difficulties medicating or pilling a cat. There are compounding pharmacies that are phenomenal who will compound famcyclovir into liquid formula 
formulations. There is a, a limitation on how concentrated you can make it. So I believe that most pharmacies can make 250 milligram per milliliter suspensions and anything less than that. But again, if you have a giant cat who needs, you know, BID dosing and won't take the tablets, you're going to be spending quite a bit on the liquid. So I'm waiting and waiting patiently for a veterinary drug company to get wind of this and, and formulate some sort of famcyclovir medication that is easier for us to get into these cats. But at this point, it can be a bit frustrating. So if we could leave our vet girl listeners with one clinical case vignette, just to give them an understanding of what sizes and medications you consider. If you had a standard, and we'll just say a five kilogram cat for ease of medication and dosing and without breaking out the abacus that came in with eye discharge, nasal discharge, sneezing, and maybe even a just slightly over normal temperature, so just a slight fever, what would be your drug combination of choice for that patient? Great question. I think that I would obviously reach for famcyclovir, presuming that the underlying disease is herpetic in origin. The ocular discharge, I guess if you're telling me it's discharge and not just clear tearing, if there's any sort of substance to it, let's say it's a little bit of a of a mucopurulent discharge and there is no corneal ulceration, I prefer to reach for erythromycin ointment. When I think BID to TID is going to be fair for that the famcyclovir dosing is going to be, again, if you said it's a five kilogram cat, so 40 times five is 200. I think that I would probably err on the side of giving the cat more antiviral than it needs because we do know that doses as high as 90 milligrams per kilogram are safe. I would likely round up and do 250 milligrams of famcyclovir BID. The Nasal discharge, if it had any indications of becoming secondarily bacterially infected, I think that something like a convenia injection or a clavamox or clindamycin would be effective and probably a good choice initially for uh, treatment of any sort of respiratory infections. And I guess just one final question before we wrap it up. We talked about, in general, the safety of famcyclovir, but are there patients that have specific diseases or illnesses or specific contraindications to using famcyclovir? So at this point, thankfully, the researchers have looked at doses as high as over 90 milligrams per kilogram TID and have not um, encountered any significant alterations in, you know, for example, organ values. I think that a more common thing to be concerned about is GI upset. So I always try and make sure that this pill is given with some food in the belly. That being said, I feel that dehydrated patients or patients with chronic kidney disease in general should have a little bit of a lower dose. So I would round down in that case. And that's just because this drug does have some renal metabolism. So I would probably err on the side of caution and round down. But overall, very safe. I will use it in young kittens as well. That's always the question that I get. You know, our drug studies are done on young adult cats, but I consider it safe for use in kittens. I've used it as young as six and eight weeks of age, but that's just me personally. Awesome information. Thank you so much, Dr. Reinstein. While herpes does seem to be the gift that keeps on giving, Hopefully with the use of these new drugs, including famcyclovir, we can have it give just a little bit less. 